0: everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are heading into the end of the year. So I thought that it would be the perfect time to do a bit of a planning podcast. So I've got some tips and ideas for you that will help you set up your creative business for 2020. So with that said, let's get straight into them.
1: Hello, Laura. How are you going?
0: I'm very good. I'm in planning mode. You're going to love this episode, Richie. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those people that at the end of the year, I really enjoy thinking about what's coming next in 2020. Last year, we went through this process. We did it over a double episode and we used a planner called the Maker's Yearbook, I don't know if you remember doing that, but I found that process massively helpful for our creative business. So I thought this time around, I'm not going to follow that book as such. I've kind of made up a sort of short version, I guess, of how you can start thinking about what you want to happen for your creative business next year. Start doing it now.
1: Are you going to buy another book?
0: I've actually bought a different planner this year. I'm not even sure what it's called. It's a bit more simple. It's not to take away from that planner because I think that planner is incredible, but I'm just always on the search for something new and I like to mix it up and try out different versions. So if I can find out what it is, I'll link that in the show notes. I am a fan of having some kind of paper planner, but I do do a lot of my planning online. So I use Trello, that is my main planning tool. And if you want to get a little glimpse of that, we actually filmed a vlog recently where I was at my desk and I shared a few of my approaches to planning. So there's another thing I can link as well in this podcast. So I've come up with a list of 10 questions to get you planning for 2020. So this is, this podcast is focused on someone who has an art beers or the beginnings of an art biz. So it is a creative business focused episode, more so than planning on a personal level. Although I'm sure plenty of this could be applied in that way.
1: I just can't believe it's 2020.
0: I know. I, it's been actually hard to carve out time to do some planning. I feel like there's still things that I want to get done for this year. <laughs> All right. So before we get into it, I'll share a review of the week. So this one comes from Charm Car from Apple Podcasts. The review is inspirational and guiding. It seems Laura always knows what I need when I need it. The content of her podcast has helped me learn and achieve so much in starting my art business. She is articulate, Helpful and honest. I love listening to her and her delightful husband. Note the mention. Thank you for sharing your experience, thoughts, and expertise, Laura. Thank you very much for that review. And hopefully, this podcast might have something in there that's helpful for your art biz. So, getting into the questions, the first one are you clear about the vision for your business? And when I was writing the notes for this, I was kind of like, oh, should I start with this one? Because I remember when I worked in an admin office environment, we'd always go to these planning days and I'd always start with what's the vision of the company? And at that point, everyone would start yawning and wondering when this day was ever going to end. Uh, But now that I have my own business, this question is a lot more engaging and exciting because you are, you know, you're running the show and you get to create a business that fulfills your needs and desires and I feel like this is super important to always remind yourself of your why, why are you doing it, how do you want to feel you know, what is the essence of what you do? To me, it should be something that you just know deep down inside. It's you, There's no question around it. It's not around fancy words and perfect paragraphs. It's not something that you need to put on a uh, plaque on the wall as such. It's inside. And mine stems from, there are two main parts to it. When I say mine, it's ours effectively for our business. When I started my art business years ago the very first tagline I had for it was sharing the magic of creativity and it sort of sounds a little bit corny a little bit <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> in, yeah, <It> does. <laughs> yeah but that has become important to me as the business has grown I've realized more and more that that what we do is about sharing the joy and freedom that comes from connecting with your creative self And one of the main ways that we do that is through sharing online resources. So we do online classes and we do things like this. We sit down, we have a chat, we interview amazing artists and we're sharing the magic of creativity. So I've held on to that, maybe changed the wording slightly um, as being very much at the core of what we do. The other slogan The slogan is such a (laughs) funny word to use. But the other thing that always crops up for me is this idea that art is for everyone. So those two things form the basis of our business. And I had a go this morning at just putting it into one sentence. And this is what I came up with. And this is just as an example. So for us, our vision is to share the joy and freedom of mixed media abstract art. So I'm being more specific there now, now that I've learnt more about what I do, with a diverse global audience through online classes, podcasts and other digital offerings. And that's why this vision is much stronger now that I've got the benefit of years of experience. It's Mm. a lot more specific. It's got the type of art. It's got how we do it. When I started, it was very vague. It was just sharing the magic of creativity. But I was at that time, I was more focused on selling paintings and sharing actual pieces of art. So it was bringing art into people's homes. So you could have a very, you know, something, a vision that's more focused on that side of things. You're still sharing the magic of creativity creativity but you're bringing it into people's homes and lives through your artwork. But because our business has evolved in more of a teaching direction, I've changed our vision to reflect that but the principles are still the same. So that's I think a very important process to go through and it doesn't need to be yawn inducing, (laughs) (laughs) boring. The vision for your business often comes through when you're, you know, walk going for a walk or taking a shower or something like that, there'll be some kind of message that you'll grab onto and you'll be like, yeah, that's what it's all about for me. And knowing that will guide you in your decision making when you're deciding what you're going to do during the year. So you can always come back to that. And that's what I'll be doing this year as different things come my way. I'll be going, does that fit with the vision of the business? Yeah. Okay, the next thing is how can I simplify and bring more consistency to what I do? So I love the word consistency and we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast.
1: I like the word simplify.
0: You like simplify? I like keeping things yeah.
1: very simple.
0: Yeah, from talking to a lot of artists on the podcast, I've noticed this theme that we, we like to do a lot of things and have our fingers in a lot of different pies while it's good to experiment and explore, there's a lot to be said for simplifying and focusing in on one or two things and becoming very good and masterful at those. So I reckon before you even start planning for the year about what you are going to do, have a think about what you're not going to do. What are some things that you can let go of? Mm -hmm. Now, it could be a commitment that you have. Um, It could be a style of art. You might have a whole lot of different types of art that you're doing and you might want to simplify your focus this year and this year is the year that you paint large canvases and you don't do as much of the other you know bits and pieces that you do or you know there's lots of different ways that you could simplify you could simplify the number of retail outlets that you're in the number of online platforms that you use instead of trying to be good at everything see if there's a few things you can focus on and some that you can let go of. So I've been having a think about what we can let go of and one of the changes that we're making is to not make as many online classes. So in the past we've made a lot of little mini classes And that takes a lot of work. There's planning, launching them, you know, continuing to promote them, all of that. So what we're doing in 2020 is having less online classes, but making them longer and more involved and immersive. So that's one of the changes that we're making. I've also cut back as far as in-person teaching travel commitments and things like that so that we can focus mainly on connecting with other artists online, so our global audience. The next one is to take some time to set goals and plan for the year.
1: That's your favourite?
0: Yes. I do love to set some goals and over the years I have become much more specific in, if I could say the word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've become much more specific in the way that I set goals I mean, you've all heard the term smart goals, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, all that kind of stuff. It does make sense. So when you're setting goals, make it something that you can then look back at at the end of the year and go, did I achieve that or how close did I get? So you want to have some numbers in there. At a basic level, as a creative business owner, you want to have a revenue goal, So some kind of goal, uh, well, it's very easy really, set yourself a target as far as your sales for the year. Then an audience growth goal. So how are you going to grow your audience? So this might be something like setting yourself a goal of increasing your email subscriber list, could be your Instagram follower count, YouTube count, pinterest views anything like that so how are you going to grow your audience and i really like the uh, email marketing list one i think that's a really great way to measure how many people you are connecting with another great goal to have is a systems or processes kind of goal so something that is going to help you with your sales and growing your audience but it's more of an admin task. So this could be setting up a website, for example. It could be getting your finances in order with an accountant. So some kind of admin goal. Then there's the personal challenge. This is kind of the goal that is super exciting to you. So I think of this as the like, if it happens, you're going to do a happy dance fist pump kind of goal. this is the big dream and it might be getting your art into some kind of shop front that you really love it could be having your first solo exhibition it could be releasing your first online class often it's something you haven't done before so you heard me say first there but it's that I would be it's that goal where you would be super excited celebrating get out the champagne that kind of thing I think you need one of those the last goal that I've got on this list is a lifestyle goal. To balance out all those things that you're going to do, it's important to have a goal around how you're going to stay healthy. What kind of boundaries are you going to have? A lifestyle type thing. So, you know, it could be I'm not going to work on weekends. It could be I'm going to schedule a holiday like during the year something like that or I'm going to make sure that I do something for myself other than art so I'm going to go to a regular yoga class that type of thing. I feel like a really good lifestyle goal is to try and keep our the school holiday time fairly free of deadlines, dates, big commitments because this is what this is an area where we've Messed up in the past.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, we've been in business coming up to three years now, and we haven't stopped. Mm. Like it, it, just hasn't stopped. It's it's slowed down.
0: Yeah,
1: but it always ramps up at the wrong time. Yes, you know, like we've attempted to not work in school holidays, but always managed to release Somebody. on a holiday. Yeah, like absolute craziness. Yeah. Like the last time we did it, and we'd planned it perfectly. Yeah, We released a course and then we went away camping where there was no internet. <laughs> so we're trying to work on 4G and on the phones and the kids want to go swimming and it's... Yeah, yeah it, so
0: one of my strategies around not working the holidays was to book holidays so that we would be away during those breaks but then what ended up happening is that the work would still roll over, roll over and I'd end up working while I was on holidays So we haven't quite got there yet and we plan but, you know, things tend to take longer than you think. So we have everything mapped out so that we'll be finished by the school holidays but then we always seem to have at least a few days overlap which is usually when we're on holiday and I'm on my laptop trying Mm -hmm. to like frantically get things finished so it's not ideal. I think we took a step in the right direction this year. Like we had our intentions were good. Yeah, Our intentions were to have these breaks, to schedule time away, to go to a beach house, to go camping. We just found that we were always running a bit behind schedule.
1: Because we had those intentions and we went into the break and we realised we'd failed in certain areas. Now, the next break we have, we're going to bring all those lessons with us. And hopefully, our next break will be 100% a break.
0: Yeah we're working towards that because we have some holidays planned in January. We're working now to get the work that we need done so that we can take that time off with our kids and be ahead you know have our podcasts all ready to come out and scheduled and I am looking at taking most of January off social media uh, unless I really want to post like something's you know exciting and I want to share but I'm definitely looking at taking a step back from everything because it is our big holidays in Australia. Our kids are off for six weeks. They finish next week or this week, sorry, they Mm -hmm. finish this This week. This is their
1: last week in school.
0: Yeah. So we are doing what we need to do in order for them to have a good holidays and for us to have Christmas and, and not to be frantically working.
1: Well, we're talking about lists and, you know, the vision of the business and why would you get into business? And I think we did one of our very first podcasts and we were talking about having the freedom to give the kids the time when they were on holidays. Mm. So here we are, almost three years later <laughs> getting it. Yes.
0: You know? Yeah. It's taken time, yeah. you know, to get to this and we haven't quite got there yet. But no. we're we're working. Each time we're getting a little bit closer. Mm. And so. it starts with a vision. It does.
1: So you just said there we're gonna you're gonna take a break off all social media in, you know, over the course of Christmas and that. What are your goals for social media next year?
0: Well I still have goals even though I'm planning on having a break but I always think about what platforms I want to be on and what kind of habits I need to support that and it's helpful to go back to what we mentioned about simplifying because you don't need to be on every platform. Um, You don't need to be winning it on Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook. You may have a presence across a lot of platforms, but I feel like making one or two of them your main focus is a helpful approach to have. For us, the main one is Instagram. I have got a Facebook page as well, but mostly I push content out from Instagram. So Instagram is the hub of my social media And the other main platform that I use is my email marketing list. So not a social media platform as such, but that one's very important as well.
1: Don't you love your website?
0: Yes, the website as well. The website is the overall home of everything. Just getting clear about what platforms you're going to use, how often you are going to use them. I've chatted about my easing up on social media over the course of this year and that I intend to continue. So I'm going to be focused more on quality rather than quantity. Mm -hmm. And so this is where you can think about the habits that are going to support your social media platforms. I like to have a rough idea in my head about how often I'm going to be posting. And usually that is around three to five times a week on Instagram, which will then push out to facebook and i also post on pinterest too but i have a lot of tools that i use that make this process easier so there is some automatic posting that i do i use tailwind for pinterest and i use planally for instagram
1: so talking about you know posting three to five times a week are you talking about a main post that you think about you plan and you write a nice bit of copy for Are you talking about everything? Stories, IGTV, all that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, well, I think the the three to five posts that I put on my main feed are a little bit more curated in a way. They're still very much what's happening. I tend to post in real time. But when it comes to being more personal, I'm a little bit more spontaneous around how I do that. And with my newsletter, I post my news or send out my newsletter once a week. Having that just keeps everything ticking over and I have a routine and a rhythm with it now. So decide what platforms you're going to use and set yourself rough, kind of fluid intentions around how often you're going to use those because consistency is important with these things. It does. You don't need to be posting every day but you, if you have an idea of say three to five times a week or twice a week or with your newsletter – Maybe it's only once a month, but if you stick with it, then your audience know what to expect. So let's talk about how you're going to be personal with your audience. And what I mean by that is how you are going to let them in and give them the opportunity to get to know you better? Social media, as I just mentioned, is a very helpful way of doing this, particularly Instagram stories. And you might also want to have a look at other ways that you can bring more of you into what you do. Email newsletters are a great way that you can talk to your audience, share things with them and we do studio vlogs too. So there's all sorts of different ways but I think it's helpful to think about how can you let your audience in? What are you going to do this year? You don't need to do all of those things but what are you going to do this year so that the people that you are interacting with get to know you that little bit better? And you might want to brainstorm a list of ideas for this. Write down some things that you could share with your audience, either on Instagram stories or in some other way. What would be helpful for them? What would inspire your audience?
1: If you're thinking about what have I got to offer anybody, show them your workspace, show them your tools, show them your favourite colours, show them your favourite brushes. Yeah, techniques, even walk your dog and show them where you get your inspiration from. Like people love seeing where you're from.
0: That's right. People love to make the connection between the artist and the art. They don't just want to know about what you make. They want to know all the behind the scenes stuff. So get yourself a pen and a paper and jot down at least 10, maybe 20 things that you could share with your audience that would help them to get to know you better. Yeah. Another question for you, what will you invest in this year?
1: Can I spend some money?
0: (laughs) Richie likes this one (laughs) because it's about what will you you know, spend some money on? What would be helpful for your business?
1: I just talk a big game though. I'm a big coward when it comes to buying expensive (laughs) things. You
0: are. I have to to beg you and encourage you to not buy
1: the
0: (laughs) (laughs) cheapest of the cheap.
1: I'd rather spend it on you and the kids. You know, I, (laughs) I, I get real guilty when I spend money on me.
0: But yeah, I think at the beginning of the year, so you can budget and think about what would be something that would really lift and elevate your business. And there are a few things that spring to mind with this One is to spend some money on professional photography, particularly on your website. Having some really nice images can help a lot. And also, you know, just to have some that you can scatter through your Instagram or use for a a bio if you need to, if you're submitting applications for things. It's very useful to have a set of photos.
1: Yeah, this isn't a friend with a camera. Go and get Mm. a professional photographer. There's plenty of them in your area I can guarantee it and have a look at their websites and find a photographer whose images you like bring them to your studio give them some ideas of the images that you need Mm. and let them do their work because if you like their website you will like their work
0: yeah and I've seen a lot of this recently because when I do the podcast interviews I always ask the artist to submit photos to me can you give me a few photos of your work you in your studio a bit of your process and many of the artists have been submitting to me With a flick of a button, they have a Dropbox folder set up with these photos in them, all labelled. You can tell that they use these whenever they get asked this question. So they might be submitting their artwork to be featured in a magazine. The magazine editor is going to come back and ask for some photos or something like that, and there it is, they've got it there ready to go. So it's going to make it a whole lot easier for you to get your art out into the world if you've got some photos that are of that kind of quality and standard.
1: Yeah, and you and the great thing about your planning is if you're doing your planning and you're visualising where your business is going to go, so let's say you have that personal project like getting your art into a gallery mm. or doing your first online course get yourself a professional photographer around that project and then you have those images
0: definitely one I would put on the list and like you said it's a good idea to have a look at what your goals are for the year because then you can think about what photographs are going to fit with that and it's always a good idea to have a bit of a mixture So to have some of you, some of you actually in action, like making your work, some of your studio space and some finished pieces. That would be a good starting point. And I mentioned before about putting photographs on your website, which leads me to your website, which is another great area to invest in. So whether that is investing in something like Squarespace, so a platform and maybe you do it yourself, that's the most affordable option. Then there's also a whole lot of templates out there. So you might do it yourself but with a little bit of help with some templates and things like that. Then you might or you might decide to hire a website designer so that you can spend more time on your art and actually have someone who puts it together with you. But they're going to ask you for photographs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that links back to the photographer one which I'd put at the top of the list. Another tool that is very helpful in this day and age is to have a good phone in your own hand that takes photographs. So an iPhone or something like that or a good Android phone because like you said, not every photo on your Instagram feed is going to be a professional photo. You want to be able to do something pretty good yourself. So that's the other area I think I would invest in is a good phone that takes photographs, most of the phones these days do, and maybe a tripod or, you know, a couple of things like that could help you with that. Depending on what light you have in the space, you might need some help with lighting. I would set yourself up so that you can take good quality photographs yourself. And if you need some help with that, you know, maybe getting some education in that area as well. If your business is growing and you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you might need an assistant. So you might be at the level where you're looking at what kind of support could I bring into my business and there are virtual assistants and ways that you can outsource things. So that could be an area that you invest in and that's something that I am looking at and we've chatted about that before about how I'm just starting to outsource certain areas and get some help in our business. So I've talked about what to invest in and thinking about your vision for the business and what you're going to do over the whole year. Now I want you to get your calendar out. And this was something that helped me hugely last year. And it was a suggestion that was in the Maker's Yearbook was to plot out your whole year And you don't have to do this in a great level of detail. It's just about getting out a 12-month planner and putting in all those important dates. So things like if you have children, make sure you have your school holidays, any family events, trips, and then you're going to want to put in some things around your art business. So it could be when are you going to have key sales? When are you going to release collections of art? Have you dreamt up an idea that involves you having an exhibition or running a market stall? Can you put some of those dates on your calendar? If you can, I highly recommend that you do put it all in there, map it out over the year. You see things so differently when you look at the year as a whole, rather than looking at it month by month. You can see how you can move things around to create more ease in the way that you work. You can set up time to prepare for things because you know they're coming. I would definitely suggest having a few deadlines in there. So even though they could change, I would try and pinpoint when are you going to do certain things? So when are you going to have market stalls? When are you going to, you know, have an exhibition or release an online class, you know, release a collection of work? When are those things going to happen? Because when you have a deadline, it makes you do the work. Yeah. And if you can get an external deadline, that's even better. Well,
1: it's a great motivator. Yeah.
0: So if you can start brainstorming now – what kind of places you're going to put your work into and get some deadlines. And, you know, you might be entering your work into art prizes, you might be applying for art fairs and things like that. Go and get those dates and put them in the calendar because they will be very helpful for you as you work through the year.
1: Make sure you've got a healthy gap between deadlines. Sometimes you can be very, very tired Mm. at the end like if you're going to do an exhibition you're going to be exhausted at the end of that so if you have an exhibition finish and then next week you're doing a market you're not going to be your 100% best at that market stall that could be very counterproductive
0: yeah that's that's one of the things that I love about the 12 month approach and I I actually do this in Trello so I do an online version of this where I plan out each month and The beauty of Trello is that it's a drag and drop online system so I can then move things around as the year goes very easily. Mm -hmm. You know, if you did it with sticky notes or something or a whiteboard marker, you could do something similar in a more um, pen and paper type way. But I, I like doing this online because with a year there's a lot of change. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be flexible. There are things that are going to crop up. You're going to need to move things around So what I usually do is plan out the year but I don't plan it out in super detail for the whole year because there's too much change. Yeah, you can't, yeah. I focus on a quarter at a time. So when we do this process, we'll put out everything that we're thinking of for the year roughly and then for the first three months – January, February, March, I would then put in place a more detailed plan around those three months. And that would include specific things like what am I going to podcast about? What am I going to, what, you know, what artwork am I going to be working on? Any kind of specific actions that need to happen for a show or an event that would go into the first three months.
1: Yeah. Well, what we did last year when we did our planning is we worked backwards. So we had a 12-month planner open Mm -hmm. because the diary I had you could pull out this big sheet. With a highlighter pen, we highlighted the school holidays. Then after the school holidays, we highlighted when I was away. Then we highlighted the non-negotiables for you, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then we worked back from there. So then we went into the seasons, into the months, into the weeks, into the days.
0: Yeah. The year, previous year to that, we had been... We didn't do anything. All over the place. (laughs) So this year we've actually been pretty good. Like we've had weekly meetings, we've talked through what we need to get done at those different levels. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing this quarter? What are we doing this month? What are we doing this week? What are we doing today? (laughs) And the daily one is actually, uh, that's the one that really helps. Like we pretty much each day set ourselves some kind of, today we're getting this done. Yes. You know, like today, for example, speaking of it, we are recording a podcast and then we're filming a vlog. Correct. So we are very clear about today. And we kind of just let everything else sort Happen. Of fall away mm-hmm. and just focus each day because we've got all the planning there um, that supports us, but then it means we don't need to be thinking about loads of different things on a daily basis. And we try and keep it quite simple. We move through each day with... you know a a very clear this is what we're doing today
1: it just means you're not saying yes to other stuff Mm. you know which is very important
0: it is (laughs) (laughs) actually this brings us into the next one which you mentioned was have you allowed some fluidity in the year how are you going to adapt to change and provide space for unexpected developments? Which is a very long way of saying, have you got some space in there?
1: Yeah, because I, <laughs> I was just about to say in the last segment that we were talking yeah. about, yeah, we're doing our podcast, we're doing the vlog, but the kids still need our lunches. They mm. still need to be picked up from school. They, th- there's other stuff that happens. Yeah. So you need small bits of fluidity in your day larger bits in your week bigger bits in your month and so on yeah you need to be able to shift things around
0: yeah that's a really interesting way of looking at it actually to break it down like that to go to look at it on a daily basis like where have I got a little bit of give in my day Mm -hmm. and for us we have that in the afternoons when the kids come home we usually have a bit of a few hours there where both of us have got a bit of flex. We also tag team a lot. So in the mornings, you look after the kids in the mornings. So you make them their breakfast, get them ready for school, because I quite often do a little bit of work in the mornings. You get up early. Yeah. So I'm often on my computer. I might be answering questions, emails, brainstorming ideas, prepping. I tend to do a bit of work early on because after school, I often pick up a bit. In the evenings, because you have other commitments in the evenings, so I'm often making dinner and sorting stuff out. So it's just figuring out where you've got those gaps, so that you don't you haven't scheduled, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, every hour of your day.
1: Yeah, we were speaking about you know the business vision, and the vision was to be around for your kids. Mm. Now we're talking about flexibility during the day, and I just want to bring something up. When we were both working our nine-to-five jobs, we were in positions of management. Mm. And I remember one time the school contacted you or it was childcare contacted you because Asher had fallen. And when you fall in childcare and bang your head, you, the parent has to come and pick them up. It's, it's a part of the, mm. the health and safety. And I remember neither of us could go and get him straight away.
0: Yeah, we were both in, you know.
1: And it was a couple of hours yeah. before we could go and get him. Now, we're in a very lucky position now. That our days are quite flexible. When you're starting out in business, you could find yourself in a position where you don't have that flexibility. So start now. Start having a bit of flexibility in your day, and a little bit more in your week, and a little bit more in yeah. month. You know, because if you don't have it, then why do it? You know.
0: Yeah, that's right and it's good that you've brought up that because we didn't always have as much flexibility as we do now. And we had some, none. Yeah, we were definitely in, you know, we both worked quite far away from home so we were travelling long distances. Even if we'd been able to drop our things straight away to get to the school on time, we still would have been a, a good hour before we got there. Now we work from home, we're just across the road from the school so we've got a lot more flex we make a lot of our business decisions based on that, which is one of the reasons why I'm not doing so much at the in-person work or running retreats and things like that because we value being at home and, <laughs> you know, with the kids being so young, you know, yep. things might change when they're older and there's always time for that. But at the moment it's, yeah, it's, it's wonderful that we can, pop over and get them if they need us
1: yeah like if the call came there we could stop this podcast run away get Asher or Sophia get them home Mm. make them comfortable put them in front of the tv with an ice cream or whatever and then come back and finish the podcast
0: and I suppose the flip side of that is what we were talking about earlier on in the podcast is that we have all this flex but then sometimes the boundaries aren't really there. So then we go on holidays because we've taken that opportunity to have a bit of flex or we've, you know, we've been to the Christmas concert, we've done this, we're a little bit behind. And Mm -hmm. then in the first few days of holidays, rather than when say I was working in an office and you go on holidays. And for me, I was very fortunate in my office that I didn't really bring work home. So when I was on holidays, that was it. You know, Mm -hmm. when I walked out, The door, and I was on two weeks of annual leave. I wasn't checking in. I know for other people that can be different, but I wasn't. So it was a very clear line in the sand. Whereas now that gets a bit blurred. So it's, there are, you know, swings and roundabouts with it all.
1: But we are trying to make sure that our holidays are our holidays. That's That's, a goal of ours for next year. And
0: that's when we were talking right at the beginning of this podcast about having a lifestyle goal. And that's one of our lifestyle goals not be working during the holidays. So yeah, you mentioned about having fluidity in your day, but then also in your week. So are there some days in your week where there's a little bit more room than other days? So we have days where we have more of a schedule. So we do certain things on certain days. And then we have other days that are much more, what do you feel like days? And so having that balance of things that you have to do versus things that you want to do can help you know just to give you that space in the week and then having fluidity in your year as we mentioned about you know having some designated breaks and then the very last thing that I wanted to mention was how are you going to celebrate key milestones through the year
1: The Laura Horn Art Christmas Party.
0: (laughs) We haven't yet decided what that's going to be.
1: (laughs) I'm putting this out there, and I would really appreciate anybody that listens to this podcast bombard Laura with questions asking her how our Christmas party was.
0: (laughs) What kind of arrangements have I made?
1: (laughs) Zero. Will there even be a Christmas party? I think a really expensive restaurant.
0: Yes, I think something like that is in order for an end of year celebration. I'll drive. (laughs) I'll eat. (laughs) (laughs) Eat and drink and be merry. There you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's it's super important to balance all this work and planning and reaching your goals with celebrating what you've achieved and, and even if you didn't get where you thought you were going to get, like appreciating what you've done. Because there's some goals that we set for us, mm-hmm. ourselves for this year that we haven't met. We've come close to them, but we haven't met them. But we have done some tremendous work. So, yes, how are you going to celebrate?
1: And celebrate away from your art mm. like don't say if i hit this milestone i'm gonna buy new colors new yeah. water i'm gonna treat myself to watercolors step away treat yourself to a weekend at a spa mm. even if it's you bringing your girlfriends to lunch yeah or taking your husband to an amazing restaurant mm. hint hint
0: i i just realized that i've bought myself a holiday you
1: have <laughs> And all I want is a plate of food.
0: All <laughs> oh, Richie wants is <laughs> a nice dinner and I'm going, I'm going to Bali for a week in January without mm-hmm. the kids, without Richie, I know. for a pure holiday. So there you go.
1: And you were guilt-ridden buying that ticket. I was guilty I got about a bit it. of a kick out of
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I, I ummed and ahed and ummed and ahed over it for a long time.
1: You've been doing really well, actually, I'd like mm. to say, in the month of November and December. You've been doing really well getting out meeting friends, going for lunch, booking holidays, doing you. I have
0: actually done quite a lot of these And I think you should do more of it. Yeah, and the year can be quite busy, but I love how at the end of the year, like Christmas and all that, and I know it can be very commercial and you can have mixed feelings about this time of year, but I love the way that it always seems to get me catching up with friends, having dinners, just celebrating the year that was.
1: Just because your Thursdays and Fridays – revolve around will I paint, will I do some work? I've got all this time. Other people are working, but now at Christmas you can get yeah. out and meet with people.
0: It gives you an opportunity to catch up with people yeah. that you may not have seen much of for the whole year. Mm-hmm. I have friends that I catch up with only once a year, but yeah. I, I love it. So they yes. love it too. Yeah. So celebrate. Make some time to enjoy yourselves. Do something outside of your art.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah. And it comes all back to your planning. Yes. If you know your friends are available around Christmas, make sure that your Christmas is available.
0: Yes, that's a good point, too. So I know Christmas can be a very busy year for people that are selling their art, particularly for Christmas presents and things like that. But make sure that you schedule in some time to, you know, relax and enjoy all your hard work. Well that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope that you've enjoyed these tips and ideas and that they're helpful for you in setting up your year ahead in 2020. And don't forget to tune in next week for our very last podcast of the year.